The podcast for regular Joes, couch potatoes, and self-proclaimed sports analysts that live sports. This is Mama's Basement Sports Talk with Shannon Coward. Every Monday through Friday, 1 to 2 p.m. Yo, welcome to the third episode of Mama's Basement. I'm your host, Shannon Coward. It's Thursday, January 21st, 2016. Let's get it. First, I want to talk about the NBA. The Dubs, Golden State Warriors, going back-to-back blowout strings against two good competitors. First, the Cleveland Cavaliers, and then the Chicago Bulls. I'm a big Chicago Bulls fan, so, you know, I want to see them do well uh, last night. But the Golden State's too stacked. Hey, look, though. The Rose did his thing with 12 from 22 from the field, putting in 29 points with two assists. But here's my problem with D. Rose. His plus or minus was negative 10. So even when he played some of his greater games, he still is a negative to the team. He still don't give the team uh, the positive numbers that he used to. Um, next year's free agency is going to be crazy. But this year, um, D. Rose needs to find out how he can be productive and helpful in positive ways to help the Chicago Bulls if they feel like they can go to the Eastern Conference Championship because I think that's the last place that they're going to end up. Um, They're not going to go to the finals. LeBron and the Cavs, there's no way they can beat them. But with some good improvements, they can be really strong competitors. I found myself kind of looking at the free agents for next year, and it's some big players coming up that can really, I feel like, can help the Bulls out. Starting with Michael Carter Williams, Jared Jack is injured, but when before he got injured, he was playing like crazy. George Hill, Tony Allen, JJ Reddick, CP3 is on the chopping block next year. Next year is going to be big time for the Bulls to try to get a point guard and somebody who can shoot the ball. That's our real our, our biggest problem is we go through these droughts. Our defense is not as good as it used to be, and we go through these horrible, horrible droughts. So, um. We need to go ahead and try to get some some pieces that can shoot the ball and defend their position or defend multiple positions. As for Golden State, we already know what Golden State is looking like. But next year, next year they're gonna we're gonna have to, teams are gonna have to try to split them up. Harrison Barnes is up on the chopping block. Bogut's on the chopping block. Um, there's a lot of players that that need to be taken away from Golden State to give everybody else a chance. I'm not saying let's give everybody else a chance, but Harrison Barnes say on the Spurs would upgrade them incredibly. And for the Bulls, it would definitely give us another score and somebody who can guard LeBron James or Steph Curry or Klay Thompson. With that being said, I read some reports from old Bulls players that they're going to pop champagne when Golden State lose their 11th game. So they want, like, every record, somebody wants to see it broken. Records are made to be broken. But if that's your record, do you want to really be broken? Do you want to see these snot-nosed kids take away uh, your claim to fame? Uh, feedback from the audience to let me know how y'all feel about the Chicago old Chicago Bulls fans, uh, players, and fans being happy if the Golden State don't take their uh, their record down of 72-10. and 10. So let me know. Michael Jordan hasn't said anything. Scottie Pippen hasn't said anything. It was Tony Kukoc and Bill Winnington. So let me know how you feel about that. I'm sure Steve Kerr will be excited and ecstatic to break their old record, I'm sure. 
I want to give a lot of credit to Golden State. They've been playing with a chip on their shoulder. They've been playing tough. They've been playing like they haven't won a championship, like they got uh, neglected a championship. So I want to see Golden State keep playing harder, keep pushing every other team, including Cavaliers and LeBron James, to reach their highest potential. Uh, Big shout-out to Golden State for that. Now I want to transition to the jersey sales in the NBA this year. Listen to this list. Steph is number one, of course. LeBron is number two, which is crazy. Really, he should be number one no matter what. Kobe, number three. We knew that. He's usually number two and number one. Um, but here's the crazy part. Christoph Porzingis is number four in jersey sales, which kind of shows me how powerful and how many people are actually in New York. We're all over all overseas and everywhere. Christoph Porzingis is putting up decent numbers, but the fourth jersey sale in the league rookie year? That's crazy to me. Give me your feedback. Man, I know he's been playing. I was one of those who said, watch out for this guy because I know uh, nobody heard of him before the the draft. But what he was doing in the draft, what I saw him doing in the workouts were very, very impressive. But fourth, selling jersey. Even if I was in New York, I still get a mellow. Mellow ain't even on the top ten. Number five, Durant. Number six, Derrick Rose. Number seven, Westbrook. Number eight, Kyrie. Number nine, James Harden, and number ten, Jimmy Butler. Congratulations to Jimmy Butler for uh, breaking into the top ten list. He never been there in jersey sales, so he getting his money up. He's playing harder, which is all around great. Um, crazy list to me though. Christoph Porzingis, Kyrie Irving, even getting number eight to me is it's kind of ridiculous. If you, you know he hasn't really played, he hasn't even really done it in his career. So, let me give me your feedback on some of these players. Um, that's just crazy, but this piggybacks me off the NBA ranks the top 100 players, and they got Kevin Love, number 99, over Sean Kemp. Now, I'm an Indiana native, and uh, Sean Kemp is from Indiana, so listen to this. Sean Kemp was incredible. He's a Hall of Famer. He's a Hall of Famer. Kevin Love ain't even nowhere near that. He hasn't even had a winning season. You feel me? So, I, I couldn't believe that. Sean Kemp um, and... and Kevin Love's over Marc Gasol. Marc Gasol. Marc Gasol plays on both sides of the court. He's a dominating force. There's no way Kevin Love is even close to that. Like, as we go further into me making more podcasts, I'm going to hit and touch on a little bit of all the, the rankings that come from the NBA uh, ESPN staff, the NBA rankings. Um, I really wanted your feedback on what you think about the list. We'll break down uh, point guards, shooting guards, small forwards, power forwards, and centers. Top 10, top 15 of all time. Um, I'm really going to want your feedback on those because it's really subjective and how you think about it and how you see the NBA and how you see the game in general. So I can't wait to hear from you guys. But, yeah, to me, I'm still flabbergasted on how these people pick who the best players are. Their objective sense has I don't know where they're getting these these thoughts or or numbers from, but they're all all out of whack. And before I move on from the NBA, I really want to bring up OKC Thunder. A lot of people are riding the nets, you know what I mean, riding the balls. Nah, I don't see it. People are saying that they're underrated, but I believe that they're overrated. To even think they have a shot to beating a full team like Golden State is ridiculous. 
like they're not going to make it to the, the the Western Conference Finals. They're going to have to break up, which Westbrook and Durant are coming to be free agents uh, 2017. So, or 2017 and 2018. So, look at this team. When we're listening, when we're checking out OKC, we have of course Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook putting up uh, almost 50 points, over 50 points for the team every night. But after that, it's a big drop off. We have Serge Ibaka. Okay, uh, 13 points a game. Enos Cantor, 11 points a game. High percentages, um, but the rebounds, 7 and 6 rebounds, okay? Um, that's your second and third best player. Then you have Deion Waiters and Steven Adams, Anthony Morrow, Andre Roberson, Cameron Payne, DJ Augustine, Steve Novak, Novak Nick Collison, and Mitch McGarry. This is the, the squad that... You people think that I actually have a shot to win it, like they're a creeper, uh, a sneaker pick, but they're really not. They're not a creeper pick. They have no shot. They just have two really, really good players that take all the money and take all everything else. And then you add Sergi Baca, a little thirteen points. He only shoots five shots a game. I mean, if you're going to beat not just Golden State but the Spurs from top to bottom, they have no shot. And and with OKC, you can key in on players after. Um, Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook. Sergi Baca, let him shoot from the three. We want him outside the lane so he can't get rebounds. Uh, Enos Cantor, great inside scorer and decent outside scorer. But, of course, you pull him out, he's no good. So you key on one or the other, and you have no no backup. You have no strength in the in, in the lineup from one to ten. So I just want to, to put that out because I hear people talk about OKC a lot because they have uh, Kevin Durant and Westbrook. But we've seen over all these years – it doesn't work for them together without all the necessary pieces around them. You can't just have them two and think everything's going to be great. One of them needs to leave, and or maybe both of them need to leave. They both can get more money, more fame, and have better chances to win a championship. So I just want to throw that out there. I hear a lot of people talking about OKC, and I just ain't, I ain't on that bandwagon. Not with all the other good teams out there. No way, no way. So give me feedback on that. Um, and I also want to talk about the Atlanta Hawks. The Atlanta Hawks are not bad. They're actually the third team um, in the Eastern Conference, which is, is great, which says they have a, a first-round home court advantage at least. But, well, as of right now, before All-Star break, but I do not see them contending for a championship. They need too many pieces. Now, I, I used to be a point guard when I played in college. So for how this team is set up, for me, it really needs to start with Jeff Teague, the person who has the ball in his hands the most. He's averaging 14.8 points, 42% from the field, and 40% from the three, okay? That 40% from the three is great. 40, 42% from the field is great as a size. He's almost every night the fastest person on the court. We're going to need him to be more aggressive. At 40% from three-point line, he needs to shoot more threes. He needs to go to the basket more. He needs to know when he comes to the game what he wants to do and what he wants to accomplish. I think all great players, they know their spots on the court. They know where they're trying to get to. They know where they can shoot the ball. Teague needs to get in that gym, learn his spots, get better at all his spots, and get better at the spots he's not good at if he's going to help this team win or if he's even going to stay on this team. Free agency is rapidly approaching for Jeff Teague. So, He's going to have to play like he wants that check. And as of right now, he doesn't seem like he wants it. It seems like he's just going through the motions. 
and everybody knows one of the biggest disappointments this year has been Cal Corver shooting 36% from the three-point line. His his career low shooting from the three-point line, and that's the only reason he's on the team. He doesn't play great D. He shoots 43% from the field goal. He's averaging nine points, but he's 36%. They're centers, power forwards, small forwards, averaging 36% from the three-point line. This is ridiculous. Iguodala was averaging 40% from the three-point line. Uh, this is crazy. He's going to have to step his game up, but he did have a shoulder surgery. He is trying to work his shot, but, hey, this is a business, and at the end of the day, he, he looks like he's about to be hitting that dough. If, he, if, if anybody wants him, that's the question. Does anybody want Cal Corver? I don't know, because he's having career lows in his numbers. Paul Millsap, he's a blue-collar worker. He puts his hard hat on every single day. He averages 18 points a game, shooting 49% from the field, and has made himself a respectable three-point shooter at the center power four position with 30% from the three-point line. But can a team whose leading scorer only averages 18.5 points a game lead you to a championship? Al Horford, he comes and works extremely hard every day. He improves his game every year, even through injury or what have you not. He's coming in 50% from the field goal right now, 15.4 points a game, averaging 32.5 from the three-point line. That's crazy. He's averaging almost better than Kyle Corbett from the three-point line at the power forward position. That's what you call improvement. Those two pieces are great, but are they going to be able to last in Atlanta together? I don't know. Free agency is coming up too soon, and I do not know if we can keep both of those players and get the pieces you need to win in the uh, championship. So that's where it's tough for me in Atlanta. And I, I'm here. I'm located in Atlanta. So us in Atlanta are going to get really acquainted very, very soon. It's really sad that even being the third uh, team in the Eastern Conference, they still are a disappointment, maybe because off of last year we're having a little Hawks hangover. But there's some good pieces that haven't even been really utilized greatly. I'm talking about Kent Bazemore averaging 12 points a game, shooting 47% from the field and 42% from the three-point line. He needs to average more than 12 points a game. Maybe he's only uh, he has some numbers because he's not shooting that much. Dennis Schroeder, I loved him last year, averaging 10 points a game, 41 from the field, and 32 from the three-point line. We all know 32 from the three-point line has to increase, has to get better. The 41 has to get better, and he has to get his assist up. Um, Cephalosha, he probably would have helped us more last year than he is this year coming off an injury from uh, being arrested um, in New York City after a bar. But he's at a bar fight, but he's averaging 53.5 field goal and 31 from the three-point line with only seven points. Uh, Mike Scott, he played really good last year. He's only averaging seven points this year and 31% from the three-point line, which is um, lowered. Or he's actually shooting 40% from the three-point line, averaging six points a game and 51% from the field, which means all these people need to shoot the ball more. The the output, the numbers don't match the output. Everybody's such great shooters, but the output doesn't match. Um, we acquired Tiago Splitter for I don't know why. Um, averaging five points a game. People don't even know who he is or if he plays, but he's from the Spurs. He has a championship, but he might be at the wrong time of his career. Uh, Shelvin Mack. Shelvin Mack was killing last year. He was putting up big numbers. He was helping us get through the playoffs. He's at the bottom of the row, averaging 3.5 points a game and probably shooting a... Uh, a career low, 18.2 uh, from the three-point line. And we, have, we got Tim Hardaway also, who doesn't even get any time. Um, his, his shooting percentages are not great, but he doesn't even get in the game. And he's a starter for New York and playing great minutes. So here's looks like to be some of the problems. At home, they're pretty good. 
the Hawks, 15 and 7. Um, like I said, they're third in the East with a 26 and 17 record, a great record. Um, but here's the problem on road games, they're 11 and 10. So almost a 500 team on the road. Um, they, they, they're six and four in their last 10 games. And they're, they're in the bottom of the league in three point percentage and offensive rebounds. So there, there goes to be the problems right there. When we miss, we don't get the rebounds on the road. We're not that great. And we shoot a bad percentage from three-point line as a team compared to everybody else in the NBA. I feel like for the Hawks to win a championship, it's going to take some years, some moving around of pieces. Me personally, I would get rid of Jeff Teague. I would get of Kyle Korver. Tabo Savalosha can be maybe moved for pieces. Tiago Splitter being a seven-footer maybe. And Mike Muscala can be moved for some pieces. And I might even break up Al Horford and Paul Millsap. It's just shopping around, seeing what pieces, what resource you can get for all the players. Because as constructed right now, Atlanta Hawks have no chance. But I just want to kind of put some talking to Atlanta Hawks. This is where I'm from. I'll talk about the Atlanta Hawks more. This is my home team as of right now, even though I'm a Chicago Bulls friend. Um, But I would like to hear some feedback from Atlanta Hawks fans or Atlanta natives, people who watch basketball, let me know how you think about the Hawks. Let me know about some of your teams, other teams that need to trade and need to check out free agency to maybe put themselves in a better position to be competitive for a championship. Let me know. So let's transition to football. I want to talk about a little bit about college and NFL. I want to start by talking about Jim Harbaugh who was wrongly fired from the 49ers with a great record, an almost unmatched record, and still got fired. This man is doing whatever it takes to make sure that Michigan is good. Michigan ain't been good in football in a minute, really. They ain't been that great in basketball in a minute. But Jim Harbaugh is trying to change that. He's climbing into people's trees. He's having sleepovers. He's putting kids in trees. He don't care what he has to do. His team is fourth-ranked um, out of all colleges in the nation. And he's doing his thing. So big shout out to Jim Harbaugh. I would knew what I knew now. I would probably listen. If if when I came out of school, if there was college coaches that were former NFL coaches or NFL players or had connections, I wish I would have knew what I knew now because I would ha- I would have researched who the coaches are, where they come from, from whose coaching tree, and find my spot on a team that has NFL talent. And NFL connections. So, big shout to Harbaugh. He's setting a new precedent for what college coaches need to do, have to do. They need to care about the players first and foremost. You're leaders of men, and you need to teach these college players how to be men first and foremost. Too many times we get away with that. All the college football coaches, all the NFL coaches are white coaches. They don't really care about the man. They care more about themselves, their money, because if they did, they would not leave the, some of the kids in the programs that they have set up to leave for more money and more accolades. So big shout out to Jim Harbaugh. He already has that. He's going out. It seems like he's caring about the players. He makes people better men. We saw what happened with Colin Kaepernick when he left. So big shout out to Jim Harbaugh. Um, I want to talk a little bit about Antoine Randall also. Antoine Randall L. 
played between the years of 2002-2010. He says he regrets playing football. He can't even walk down the stairs good. He has to walk sideways so he won't feel pain. Um, he's sending the message out, letting everybody know the other side of what football can bring to you. And any athlete knows that when you play a sport for your whole life, no matter what, your body's going to be in pain, but your brain's not going to be in pain. Antoine Rendolel can't even remember some things that people tell him five minutes after somebody has told that same uh, thing to him. So I just want to kind of put my little input on Antoine Rendolel. Um, I appreciate what he's saying. I, I appreciate him coming out because we get to see the good things. And most players would tell you that they wouldn't change anything. They would still play. They let their kids play. But some people wouldn't. And we need to see both sides of that spectrum. We need to hear both sides how you're feeling after the game, um, what your concussion symptoms like, what do you do to keep your mind off the game, what kind of treatment are you getting. I need feedback from college players, high school players, anybody who's played football. If you have a comment or you have concussion symptoms or your body's all messed up and you need to make it to the professional level, I'm trying to hear from you. I'm interested, okay? So I just kind of want to touch in on Antoine Rendell, played for eight years, put up some decent numbers, but he said he's messed up. He's really messed up, and he wants he wants his kids and everybody else in the whole world to understand, like, this is very possible. This is the outcome of possibly playing uh, in the NFL or just playing football in general. But football might not be the most dangerous sport for concussions. It might be girl soccer. With that being said, when you're taking hits with helmets from these big old dudes, you know your body's going to be messed up. You got to know your body's going to be messed up. But I still think most people would not change a thing. If I could play football, if I had the body, the makeup to play football, I would I would do it. I'm not even going to lie to you. I would definitely do it. So I'm waiting for the feedback. Thank you. And other news, Shady McCoy says the 49ers will be good if they can follow Chip Kelly with a blind faith. Don't question anything he says. Just do as he says. And I'm not, I'm not sure if that's going to work. Maybe for uh, Colin Kaepernick, he needs, he needs his confidence back. He needs to turn over a new leaf. He needs to be motivated to come in and play the game like he used to play it, like we all expect him to play it. But for everybody else, the people that already have their spot, the people that are already playing good, are they going to just follow his system? Is this system actually a winning system to win a Super Bowl? That's the question. And if it's not, then he's not going to be able to be there if he's not going to be able to change the system for the players and the talent he has. Um, I heard Shady say this, so I want to add it to the podcast because Chip Kelly, he gets a lot of a lot of press, and as of right now, it's being it's bad press. But it's going to only get worse if his system can't change for the type of players and the talent he has. If it has to be Chip's way or the highway, I don't think the 49ers are going to be that great this year. Last but not least for football. Um, the Bills hired Captain Smith as special teams quality control coach. Um, this will be the first time that an NFL team has hired a full-time women's coach. Um, she was with Rex Ryan in 2003 with the Jets as a game day special events intern. In 2005, she was hired as scout intern for him. And in 2014, she was assistant to Rex Ryan. Um, she's been in the league a long time. It's about time. There's hardly no black 
dudes in the coaching and now that there's a woman so diversity is coming and i just want to give a shout out to the bills and rex ryan for giving her a shot i hope she does well to open up for more um women to get jobs because it's just a different mindset and with a different mindset comes possibly better results so congratulations to her and the bills um big shout out to them so i want to conclude with a little basketball today um no league i just want to some thoughts i had watching sports watching college basketball watching nba um we're comparing ben simmons to lebron james i don't think so um he's really good and he has the potential to be great but in the nba you have to be able to shoot and he cannot shoot the ball if it's not in the paint and he won't shoot the ball if it's not in the paint he's six nine he averages about damn near 20 points a game, 12, damn near 13 rebounds a game, and five assists a game. I do enjoy watching him, but I see him as a little a hesitant player, not somebody who is really, like, big in heart department. I don't see him motivated to take over games. I don't see him selfish enough. I don't see the jumper that great. He needs that... If he's going to be anything in the NBA, if he doesn't have a jumper, he will get exposed. He will get exposed bad. LeBron, out of all people, almost un- you cannot compare almost anybody to LeBron. He came in averaging these same points that Ben Simmons is averaging against college-type uh, talent. That doesn't make sense. LeBron James, he could he would probably average 30 in college basketball. So I just, I just want to throw that in towards the end. I like Ben Simmons. He's good, but... Don't expect him to be all a Maddie Johnson or a LeBron James. A LeBron James team would be in the tournament right now if he was in college. He would, he's going to the tournament. Maddie Johnson, going to the tournament, national champion. Ben Simmons, he can't even get his team into the tournament. And so we're going to see what type of leader he is more than anything. Can he galvanize a team? Can he work a team? Can he make all the players around him better? That's the question we all want to know about Ben Simmons. And if he can't galvanize his team, if he can't bring them all together, if he has to have the ball in his hands, he can't shoot the ball. If he if he doesn't defend his position as good as they defend him, he's going to find himself being a bust. Even though he could be a good NBA player, but we're going to see him as a bust if he's not at the upper echelon of the NBA. So I don't want I don't want to put that on him yet. He's a great player. I want to see him get in the league. I want to see him improve his jump shot, improve his game. I want to see that happen first before. We just sent him to the Hall of Fame. Um, I like Brandon Ingram from Duke. I'm a Duke fan. I like Brandon Ingram. He shoots a three. He He's 40% from the three-point line. He, he he doesn't average 19 points. He averaged six points and, and six boards. But he's at shooting 40% from the three-point line, 48% from the field goal. He's 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, six, um, I like Brandon Ingram a lot. I think he has more wheel, more fire. He's only 190 pounds, though. That's his problem, so... Ben Simmons, keep working. We have a lot of faith in you, but I don't want to put too much on him. Sometimes that'll kill a killer. Kill a killer. And I want to see him do great things and bring the NBA to a whole nother level. I want to see more fanatic dunks also. I'm a big dunk fan, okay? In the NBA college, I don't see enough dunks. Now, earlier in my first podcast, I told everybody that the uh, three-pointer is not the new dunk, and I'm sticking to it. When people start bringing art back into the dunk, when people start thinking dunk is, is part of the game that everybody loves, we will have that back. This is an era of shooting and not dunking when dunking is one of the best parts. 
Well, that's one reason, like, okay, Steph Curry, we know. But nobody says Allen Iverson. Allen Iverson put up 30 with 40% from the three-point line, 40% from the field goal, and still dunk on you all-around game. But I did see uh, Steph dunk last night, which kudos, he understands. When he can dunk, he tries to dunk, and I appreciate that with Steph. And for my very last topic, I'm going to talk about the Hack-A-Shack. Shaq doesn't like it to be called Hack-A-Shack. But it rhymes, okay? Shaq, hack a Shaq rhymes. Hack a somebody doesn't rhyme. Hack a Drummond or hack a Dwight Howard, um, it doesn't rhyme. It doesn't rhyme. So I'm gonna stick with hack a Shaq for to, until the end of time. It's the hack a Shaq, and that should and Shaq shouldn't even be mad about that. That's that's endearment. That's a compliment. They they can't stop you, so they have to put you on a free throw line, your weakest spot, and even with that, teams still don't win. Andre Drummond last night breaks the record for free throws. Missing 23 free throws, going 13 for 26, but they still won. And this is where my point is going to lie. Last year, they always fouled DeAndre Jordan, who really brought light into if we should change the rule for Hacker Shaq or Hacker DeAndre. When they're hacking Dwight Howard, nobody was saying nothing. But now it's being used more and more, and now they're trying to see if they should change this rule, which they shouldn't because when they use Hacker something, first of all, you give your team the sh- uh, free shots at the rim. When they fouled DeAndre Jordan last year, he almost won every game they used the Hacker Shaq on him. So Shaq, shut up. It's great to have a name, something like that named after you for not being able to guard you, but having to resort to a secondary game plan. That's love. Keep it as heck a shack. Keep it in the game because most of the teams who the other team used the heck a shack on, they win. Last night, Andre Drummond misses 23 free throws, and they still win. Any player that gets hack a shack it's because you're winning. It's not because you're, if you were guys down by 20 points, they wouldn't even use a hack a shack. So embrace it. It's a lovely part of the game. With that being said, I appreciate all the listeners that keep checking in and listening to, but I appreciate y'all and I need y'all to give me feedback on topics, ideas that I can use for every show or the next show. Um, I'm looking for uncommon careers in sports. I would love to hear about some uncommon careers in sports, uncommon leagues in sports, uncommon sports in general. Um, I'm looking for people who um, want to work on a podcast, want to learn things about a podcast, who want to possibly do research, um, who want to put their music on a podcast. And we can find a lot of different ways to utilize ideas and information. So I'm just always looking forward to hearing from people. Um, be on the lookout for my podcast being on uh, iTunes soon so, so you'll be able to subscribe to that uh, be on the uh, lookout for Zaire Williams at Winston-Salem Prep North Carolina he doing big things he's only a junior so be on the lookout he's coming to do big things I need all the big schools to check him out I'm going to give a big shout to Ace Boom who's been helping me on my podcast um, I want to give a shout to Rarefied Productions LLC bringing your imaginations to reality. I thank all the people who listen and who comment on my podcast. I appreciate the love. So stay cooling in your mama's basement.